<laughs> Welcome to Empower Talks, the podcast where empowerment takes center stage. No fancy edits, no scripted conversations, just real and authentic discussions. I'm your host, Christina. Join me, an amazing guest, who are generously sharing their insight to inspire and uplift. Empower Talks is more than a podcast. So join us, because it's your catalyst for unleashing your inner awesome. Welcome back, listeners. Listen, we made it. It's another episode. God is good. Today's episode, y'all, we doing it today. We are talking about empowering your home dreams. Ooh, 2024 for all those that want a home. This is the episode you pay attention to. We have the wonderful, the amazing, the beautiful, the talented. Listen, she knows her stuff awesome special guest today is the amazing leading mortgage advisor, Gabrielle Pangalinen. Woo-woo! Yay! <laughs> Those are my homemade drum skills, my homemade <laughs> drum noises. That's what it is. Thank you so much for being on the episode, the show today, Gabrielle. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here. This is an honor. Well, please tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself because I, listen, I know about you, but please help our wonderful listeners know about you. Um, well, I am, like you said, a mortgage advisor. So essentially what I do is I help people navigate the path to home ownership. And so just help them with any reservations they might have, questions, concerns, and just really help them get set up for success so they can become homeowners. That's awesome. That's incredible. And it's it's empowering. And I love it because if I I know anything. I know that you have a personal goal. You know, you aim to empower and assist at least 10,000 families in realizing their dream of home ownership and getting there, right? Yes. Yes, it is definitely a personal mission of mine, one that I set a few years back and I am slowly making my way to that number. (laughs) Hey, every step is, listen, every step is a step forward. Okay. Well, every step forward is a step forward. We're not going to, you know, (laughs) listen, it's exciting, but that's awesome. So congratulations. That is exciting. That is exciting. So we're going to jump in because I know your time is valuable. And listen, I know every listener that is less than trying to get to their homeownership dreams. This is important. So we're going to jump in as long as you don't have a problem with that. You know, if you don't mind, we're going to pick your brain. No, I'm in. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So for all of those that are trying to purchase homes or even just thinking about it, or if it's a dream or it's a far-fetched. How can people harness their financial power just to secure the best mortgage terms? You know, honestly, it's going to sound so simple, but the first step would be to connect with a loan officer. I know there is more often than not a misconception where people tend to go to real estate agents first, but the second you go to a real estate agent, the first thing they're going to ask is, have you talked to a lender and are you pre-approved? So you'd be doing yourself a disservice if you start to embark on this journey without taking that crucial first step, which is to talk to a professional, talk to an expert in this field, have them outline your goals, see what's important to you. I mean, 
first conversation is always the most important one. That is where we figure out what your long-term goals are, your short-term goals, how your financial background looks, and kind of build a scenario and a loan that customizes to what your current profile is and to what your goals are in the future. Awesome. And what... For those of us that are completely new to home ownership, that know nothing, that don't own our first home, what what's help us understand the difference between the advisor, a lender, we're going to the bank, like where where are we going? What's the first you get out the door, where are we going? Oh, well, so that is a really good question. The first step, I mean, there are lenders everywhere, lenders, mortgage advisors, loan officers, they're all essentially the same. They're all under the same umbrella. They all are licensed and can help you get a loan. Uh, The difference between maybe going to a retail bank like a Bank of America or a Wells Fargo versus Mm -hmm. a broker or a straight mortgage lender is... The loan officers at those big commercial banks don't actually have to be licensed with the state because that financial institution is already licensed and Mm. basically will absorb any type of liability. Whereas brokers or advisors, loan officers, if you will, they have to undergo training, courses, get licensed with any state they want to do business in. So they essentially cover more of the picture, if you will. And so the first step would be to honestly just find someone that you're comfortable with, who you connect with, who you trust to help you with that journey. That's awesome. And listen, now I'm just not going to go to the bank because I got trust issues. See, I'm going to go find this. They do a good job too. I I know. I'm glad. I'm glad they do. But I want someone that's got some skin in the game, that's put their work in there, that's done the training, that knows the area, that's licensed in the specific state. So no, that's, that's valid. And that's, listen, that's no knock to the banks. That's just my personal preference. So for anybody that wants to go to the bank, power to you, listen, that's just, you know, what are, what are common misconceptions that people have about mortgages? Uh, you know, I think the fact that a lot of times when people come my way, they think that homeownership is unreachable or some type of unattainable goal that is not an option for them, where, In fact, it actually is. So some of the first questions, if you are serious about homeownership, buying a home, some of the first questions that you should be asking yourself is, one, how much money am I comfortable with putting towards this transaction? And two, what is a comfortable mortgage payment that I want to stick within? So a lot of times when people come to me, they really want to know what they're pre-approved for. And more often than not, because lenders across the board, we base qualifications off of gross pay. It's not net pay. And Mm -hmm. so when I say it's important to think about a comfortable mortgage payment for you, it's because 99.9% of the time, the amount that you are pre-approved for because it's going off of your base pay is almost always not the amount that you're actually comfortable with. So you can talk with a lender 
to help you get to that number. Or you can just kind of, you know, your finances, people, you know, for the most part, know their finances, how much they're comfortable spending. So that would be those would be the first two important questions is how much money do I really have that I want to comfortably put towards this transaction? And what is a comfortable mortgage payment that I want to stick with in? Those are the two first questions that I ask people before we dive right in, because because that helps me work backwards from there and let them know this is the price point you want to look in to stick within those boxes that you want to check. Awesome. That's some good advice. So what, any advice for improving credit scores before trying to pre-plan or apply for a mortgage? Um, you know, I always tell people that, credit is credit. You know what I mean? So if you're going to take it upon yourself to improve your credit, you almost might be doing yourself a disservice. What I do is I encourage people to come my way, even though they think they might have shaky credit, because Mm -hmm. we have specific teams in place to analyze your credit report, pinpoint what items specifically we need to work on because credit bureaus have a certain algorithm that they go off of just like any other platform. So they have a specific algorithm that they go off of. So working with a professional who has a team that you know, is experienced in analyzing your credit to help you pinpoint what needs to either be paid off, paid down, or eliminated from your credit will go so much further than you trying to do it yourself. Oftentimes, people think that paying off debt, all of their debt, is going to help them improve their credit score when in fact it's the opposite. So there's a certain percentage that you have to make sure you keep in terms of your balances and certain trade lines that you have to have or you should have that will get you a more favorable score. So in terms of someone trying to work on it before they embark on getting pre-approved, I would say you work on it when you get pre-approved. I have maybe, you know, a handful of clients that I've been working with for over a year who we are just working on their credit. They're ready to buy a house. We just have some hard work to do. And I just am committed to being with them every step of the way. I outline a plan, let them know how long it's going to take. And we just roll up our sleeves and put in the work from there. That's awesome. What's the what's the shortest, you know, for those of us that <laughs> that like numbers or best guesstimates, What's the shortest, just in your experience, the shortest amount of time you've seen someone go from pre-approval into a home? How many, in in terms of months? In terms of months? So if we're talking pre-approval to get into a home, it really depends on how long it takes for them to find a home. But once they find a home, if they're already pre-approved, I've closed loans in two weeks. So it could be very quick as long as you have a strong team behind you doing the work. Awesome. And what's the longest, like worst case scenario? So there's not really a worst case. If we're talking credit improvement plan, and there's a lot of work in that stance, then, you know, it could take a year. I have one that's on a 15 month program. That's how long it's going to take. And not because, 
you know, she can't pay off her debt in time. But because a lot of times what the credit bureaus look at is seasoning. So maybe you just need to pay off $500 worth of stuff. But because of your credit history, they need to see a stable credit after you pay that off for, you know, 12 months. And then that's when we'll see an improvement. So it really is situational based. I mean, everyone's to me, everyone's financial background is like their own fingerprint. No one is the same. Everyone is different. And so it really just depends on what kind of journey we're doing. So if it's a credit improvement plan, it just depends on how long it's going to take us to reach that credit score goal. And, or if it's a new construction home that I'm working on with a builder, it's really just how long is it going to take for your home to be built? Sometimes it takes six months. Sometimes it takes a year. Awesome. And that that actually, that's funny because that was my next question. Is there a preference between going into a new build or picking out a, you know, an, a used, I don't, I don't know what the term is, another home, a home that's being sold that's not a new build? What, what would the term be? A, like a resale home. A resale home. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yep, no problem. <laughs> is there a preference? There is, but it's, you know, it's personal preference. Obviously, you know, who doesn't like brand new and shiny? But, <laughs> you know, more of the like artists, creative souls, they like a little more, you know, work that they can put in and make it their own instead of have it be white and clean and pristine. So, the preference is just really personal preference. I I like both. When I bought my first house, I bought a resale home, but I deal with a lot of builders too. And so it's really interesting and it's super fun to see people's dream homes be built from the ground up and just get to go with them through all the cycles of emotion of like, you know, worried, is it going to be done on time? I'm so excited. They take their family around every week to see the progress. So, I mean, that's exciting too. That is incredible. And what about how does it work for the land the house is built on? Or what if someone comes to you and they say, hey, I have some land, but I don't have a house. Or, hey, I have a house, but do I have to own the land? Like, what's that process too? So that's a very good question. A lot of times when they have the house, but they don't have the land, it's more like a manufactured home, a mobile home that they can move from the manufacturer's site to a piece Mm -hmm. of land. So essentially, if you're working with like a residential mortgage loan officer, um, just your standard one, they do require that you own the land that your home is built on. So, um, Yes, you do have to own the land. You can certainly buy a mobile home and move it to a land that you own. Or, like you said, you can buy a piece of land, get a construction loan, which basically you pull out a loan and you take what they call draws to pay like the contractors and everything as you go through the phases of your home to be complete. And typically those construction loans have a bit of a more higher interest rate because they're more short term. So once you have completed the construction process or you're almost done, excuse me, is when when you would go to the bank, to a loan officer, to whoever you trust to essentially refinance out of that construction loan into a fixed term mortgage. Awesome. Is there, 
in the process of getting the home built or getting into the reseller home, is there, how do you, how do you know or confirm that what you're getting from or the person you're buying from or the builder you're building from has a reputable, you know, has a good reputation or does quality work? Where do you find all that stuff out? Uh, you know what? Social media has been really the base of where people put reviews, experiences, um, and everything about their journey. And so one, you're going to have an agent that you work with. So you'd, if you'd want to make sure you trust them, they have vetted the builder, they have vetted that team, and they stand by that product that they are showing you. And two, mm-hmm. you can also go to like different builders' websites. They usually have their history. You can see what they have their hands in in terms of projects and how people respond to it. And if you feel good and you're vibing with their product, their values, how they build their home, then that's a good indication that it's the right one for you. Awesome. That's, that's good advice. What, you know, cause we all like to know I'm, I'm, I'm trying to listen. We trying to understand <laughs> <laughs> what is the worst, the, like the worst possible. Cause you know, we, you don't know what you don't know. So right. in regards to home ownership, what's the worst mistake a person could make in trying to achieve home ownership? I think the worst mistake people can make, and it's not always on them. It's also on the lender as well, who's helping advise you and guide you through this process is I've had people and, you know, this is just one off situations. I've had people where we're a week from closing and they think we're done. So they quit their job, but lenders you know, they have to verify that you're still employed. The income we're using for you to make those mortgage payments is still valid and true. And so lenders have to do what they call a, another verification of employment before closing. And they also pull like a refresh credit report. So the two biggest mistakes that you can make that will truly mess up your deal is basically change your financial situation from when you started in terms of leaving employment, not having employment and running up more debt or opening new debt. So you hear that listeners, if you're, if you're employed, don't quit your job before you sign the, before you get those house keys, don't do it. Now, (laughs) actually, I will also say, cause this comes up so much lately is, um, cash deposits, especially for um, entrepreneurs and stuff. A lot of times people have cash deposits or maybe they have mattress money that they've been saving and they put it right in the bank just, you know, to show the lender they have enough money. So based on the Patriot Acts, um, we are not allowed to take any type of cash deposit. So if you have, let's say, a $10,000 cash deposit and your balance is $50,000 in your bank account, we can only use $40,000 of that because we're not able to source or document the cash that was deposited. It goes against the Money Laundering Act. Oh, that's good to know. So what what's the plan for an entrepreneur that is trying to buy a, you know, that's trying to buy a home? What's that process like if they're not, you know, employed through a regular employer? Right. So I actually have a couple people that I've been working with. Um, the it 
they're a little bit of a different breed business owners because a lot of them operate um, and do their taxes differently. So the first thing you want to remember if you are an entrepreneur is lenders look at your net income, which is the opposite of a W-2 employee where we look at their gross income. So if you're telling Uncle Sam that you've netted after all your expenses, you know, $5,000, but in gross receipts, you have $100,000, your lender needs to use the $5,000 for your income. And so entrepreneurs are special in that if they are wanting to buy a home, they should really be talking to their lender well in advance. I would say six months, one year. I have a couple of people who are business owners who I look through their tax returns for 2022, maybe it wasn't where it needed to be and just kind of outlined a plan and let them know if you want to buy a house, if this is the price point you want to be in, this is the income that we're going to need to see on your tax returns so they can adjust accordingly. I mean, obviously it makes sense that people just say they net, you know, way less than they gross because they don't want to pay that much in taxes. Mm -hmm. But in the same breath, you know, we can't have our cake and eat it too. We can't tell Uncle <laughs> Sam we only have we only make five thousand a year, but then tell the lender we actually make two hundred thousand a year. We just wrote off all these expenses. So we have to always go off of the bottom line that you say that you netted that year. That's good to know. See, that's good information. And what when when entrepreneurs are doing, you know, when they're trying to get into their home and you, cause you were just talking about taxes, do most mortgage advisors, do they have a tax person or is there a tax, you know, do you recommend they go to a tax specialist or are they just going down the block to H and R what, what, what they doing? <laughs> a lot of times, a lot of seasoned entrepreneurs that I've worked with, they already have their own CPA in their pocket. They have a CPA to help them with their quarterlies, with their end of year taxes, with just like regular invoicing and stuff. So uh, more often than not, yes, they do. I do have a list of people that I refer to if people are looking for a CPA or an estate attorney or a financial advisor. I personally just like to have that small book of resources so I can be a one-stop shop for my customers if they do need someone in any of those areas. But speaking for entrepreneurs, especially if they've been doing business for a few years, they have their own CPAs. Yeah. And so, but you know, with the way COVID happened and now everybody, everybody's see almost everybody, not everybody, but you know, everybody's trying to, they focused and learned that they can start building their own business. So if they don't have a year in and they've only got six months and other than trying to find and talk to a, a mortgage advisor now, is there any other advice you would give entrepreneurs that just started their business, whether it's a small business or sole proprietor, whatever it is, what other advice would you give them, if any? What advice would I give them from a lending or home ownership standpoint? I think uh -huh. maybe this is an advice, but this is something that, you know, is good to know is for self-employed people, lenders generally will always actually require a two-year history. So if they've only been um, self-employed for six months, more often than not, we won't be able to use that income. Let's say they open their own construction company this year. 
But mm-hmm. before that, they were just working in construction. We may be able to make a case to use that one year of self-employed income after they filed their tax returns so we can see what they claimed. Um, and then we can use their previous work history in the same industry to bridge that gap of the two years that is required. That is incredible. It's really good information. What what sparked, like what drives you? What's your passion behind helping individuals get into home ownership? What sparked that for you? Um, oh gosh, that is a good question. I mean, <laughs> My mission just really comes from personal experience. I first started, I haven't always been in mortgages. I mean, I have since like 2008, but um, before that I was working in retail banking. I worked at Chase Bank and I worked at Key Bank and that was during the housing recession. And so during that time working at a branch, I was I would see people come in and just, you know, I noticed the impact of that housing recession on families firsthand because I would see people come in devastated because they're losing their home. They weren't able to make their payments. Whoever helped them with their mortgage totally got them in the wrong situation, like something way more than they could afford. And so people were losing their homes left and right. And it was just devastating to see. And so after that, I just made a personal commitment to myself and decided that, you know, I want to be a part of this. I want to help just kind of change the narrative and reshift this industry to where we are doing things with integrity and transparency and we are truly guiding people and not for the sake of our own income and you know what we're going to get out of it but just for the sake of making home ownership possible and available for the masses I love it. Yeah, y'all, y'all don't even know. There's a so she has a special place in my in my heart because all that unconditional stuff that you just heard come out of her. What I didn't tell you in the beginning intentionally was the very wonderful, amazing Gabrielle Pangalinen is also my first cousin. So our parents are siblings. <laughs> and so she is also from Guam. She is also amazing and wonderful. You know, I'm a little biased, you know. But yeah, her drive, her passion, her family, all of it, all of us, family, everything. It's incredible to hear. And it's even more empowering and proud, especially when, you know, you've seen firsthand that she's not just saying this. I can actually vouch as a person that has walked in life with her. She actually does this, like lives this, like this is her being, her core. So it's so wonderful. And it's not by the way, Gabrielle, it's not just humans that you help put into homes, is it? (laughs) No. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You know me for as long as I've been on this earth. I have like this special heart for animals. I don't know if it's because we went to St. Francis and he's like the patron saint of animals or whatever, but you guys, I love animals, any animal. And so I don't just help get people into homes. I do what I can to help, you know, um, the Humane Society and any other outlets that take in 
dogs, foster animals, and help them find either a foster home or someone to adopt them so they can get a home of their own too. So it's not just people that need homes, guys. It's animals too. That's right. I don't buy. I I I save. We don't buy doggies. We save doggies. We adopt. Yes, yes it's all about Thank it. Thank you. I'm yes. so happy to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, our wonderful German Shepherd. She is. She's saved. She's a. She's my adopted baby, and I, I love her. Now I'm just trying to convince my husband to get six more. Oh, I don't know me if he's too. Go. Me <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't know if he's going to go for it, but you know, I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying to do that, but that is awesome. So I do have a question, even though I know, please tell the amazing listeners, what States are you licensed in? So for now, I mean, the goal is to obviously be in all 50 States just because I want to take over. <laughs> <laughs> but for now, um, Washington, that is where I reside and where my office is. So in Washington, Texas, Tennessee, North Carolina, Georgia, and Alabama is currently where I'm licensed. But I am hoping to do uh, Oregon, Idaho, California, Nevada this year at least. Woohoo! Yes. And I love that she said Nevada on there, y'all, because if she's licensed, our first home will be bought through her. So <laughs> I'm aiming. Let's go for Nevada. That is exciting. That is amazing. And if you could give any, what would be the empowering advice that you would give to all those that feel discouraged or, you know, defeated and depleted with going through either the home ownership process or dealing with people that aren't like genuine and unconditional like you, what would be the empowering message of the day that you would share with them? Um, I would say don't write yourself off. Honestly, it is possible. I've helped people in very unique situations who really thought it was impossible, which maybe it was when they got to me. But with if you find the right person who is willing to put in the time with you and truly believes in you and wants you to achieve that goal for yourself, you will get there. So please do not write it off. But in the same breath, don't just work with a loan officer that your real estate agent pushed on you or a family member pushed on you. Um, I've had countless people, you know, want to work with me, but then they go work with someone that maybe mom and dad referred them to or their auntie worked with, but then they come back to me because they weren't vibing. They weren't liking the service. They just didn't have good feeling about them. So don't feel pressured into using someone who someone close to you refers to you. Take your time. Like you shop for anyone else. Like you look into your doctor, like you look into a lawyer, um, take your time to vet them, research them, talk to them and trust your gut. You know what you will accept, what you won't accept. And if you're not having the good vibes with whoever you're talking to, F it. Just leave. Find someone else who's going to help you because you're worth it. Awesome. And Rec, you know, just for the record, her effort means forget it because we are a wholesome, wonderful, empowered talks. Yes. Yeah. You know, her effort meant forget it. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, well, you are so awesome. I am so honored and appreciative of you being on the Empower Talks episode. This may be her first time, but it won't be her last because as she's growing and going, Listen, now we got to get the whole family involved. It'll be fun. It'll be a blast. 
Yay. I, I'm excited. I am excited. More topics because there's there is so much more to you. I mean, don't get me wrong. I know that home ownership and amazing top of the world leader, mortgage advisor is what you do, but there is so much more to you and the awesomeness that you are. So I can't wait to have you back on Empower Talks to talk about that, to dive into it. We can make it a family thing. It'll be fun. I'm excited. Yes. So you are awesome. And can you please tell the amazing people how they can get for anyone that are in the states that you mentioned, how they can get in contact with you? Yes. Um, so I am on Facebook and LinkedIn just under my legal name, Gabrielle Pangolinen. Uh, Instagram and TikTok, you can find me at Loans with Gab. And I am currently working on rolling out my website, which will be loanswithgab.com. So any of those platforms, please feel free to reach out. I have my contact info on every single one of them. So just give your girl a call or shoot me an email and I'm happy to talk to you. Just even answer any questions you have. There's no pressure with me. I don't, you know, I'm not looking to get your business. I just am looking to help answer your questions and address your concerns. So you feel empowered to go buy a home. Oh, that's y'all. That's so awesome. Okay. Let me, let me calm down. Cause I got excited. That's awesome. That is amazing. <laughs> that is incredible. Well, we appreciate, listen, y'all, she's at work. So like I told you, we, we trying to do things. So she is at work. That's why I'm not trying to take up too much of her time. I don't want to prevent anyone or get in the way of anyone trying to get their home. But Gabrielle, we we thank you. I am honored. You know, I love you. I appreciate you. This is exciting. And I'm looking forward to all the 10,000 families that you're going to get into their homes and even more. It's going to be even bigger than 10,000 and all the licensing for all the states for this year. Woo woo. <laughs> thank you so much. This was super fun. And my very first podcast interview. So I'm jazzed. Woo woo. You can't even tell. You're like a pro at this. I'm the one. Listen, we're trying to, we're, we're listen, we're going and we're growing. That's, that's the goal. We're going and we're growing. Totally. So I love it. Awesome. <laughs> thank you so much. I am excited. Until then, listeners, thank you. Make sure to empower yourself and empower others. Until next time. Huge shout out to you for listening. If you enjoyed today's empowering talk, please follow, subscribe, or head over to cphughes.com to make a donation. Now remember, you're unique, so shine your unique light. And do your part. Go empower someone.